0: Hello sweet angels and welcome to the Celestial Collective Podcast.
1: I'm Jennifer. I'm Daniel. Welcome back to episode... Trez. Trez, thank you for confirming. This week we're going to talk about...
0: Well I'm talking about um, Saturn Return (gasps) and a little bit about mental health. (gasps) Yeah, It's going to get quite
1: standard for you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, I wouldn't say it's a true crime story, but an interesting, potentially a little bit creepy story. Oh,
0: spine tingling.
1: Exactly. Fab. I wish I'd thought about that and said that. Mm. A spine tingler, you might say. And join us, why don't you? Feel free. Or don't, you know, whatever, we're not going to force you. So we hadn't even started yet and Daniel has just said that he's scared. Um. Well, he said, I'm fear.
0: Which is Scottish for scared. For international <laughs> listeners,
1: means he's terrified.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So today I'm going to tell you the story of the silent twins
0: <laughs> no what?
1: you don't want to hear it right end yeah. of the podcast bye okay so Jennifer and June Gibbons
0: mm-hmm.
1: were born in 1963
0: okay.
1: and they were born in Barbados but they moved to Wales like really young why? I did think <laughs> that's exactly what I thought why? But, hey-ho. So they came here, and when they went to school, standard 1963, they were subjected to racism, like, the children weren't used to seeing anyone with that skin colour, they were ostracised, and they refused to speak to teachers, they refused to speak to other children. I do think, reading more into it, the beginning of them refusing to speak was more about they were bullied, like, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of racism and they really were ostracised by everyone else. Mm -hmm. But this began to get worse and worse as time went on. And they eventually created their own made-up language that only they could understand. So years later, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone recorded them speaking this language and realised that it was actually... English, but at a really, really, really fast pace. So it was inaudible to anyone else, so you wouldn't know what they were saying. Okay. Um, but there have been different accounts that it was a different language. Some have said it was like an African tongue language. Okay. Anyway, so they started to speak this um, other language because they were bullied because everyone else was white. So then, because they started to get kind of progressively worse and worse in terms of behaviour, they were sent to boarding school. And they were separated, because people, even at that early age, said that their relationship was really codependent, it was really dangerous, and that they felt they needed to be separated. As soon as they were separated, at boarding school, they both went into a catatonic state. What does that mean? So it basically means, like, a zombie-like state, and they were unresponsive, at times, they like wouldn't wake up. Um, catatonic, essentially, that's what it means, but it's used in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it means that they were really unresponsive. It was basically like they were out of it.
0: Okay, it's so funny that you're saying catatonic because it keeps making me think of catatonia. Oh my and god, Ellis Matthews is obviously Welsh. <laughs> when Have you got that, you no, know?
1: when I wrote catatonic the first time, I wrote catatonia.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: So they were in this catatonic state, and they both began to journal, which eventually led to them writing fiction. So I haven't went into this too you can there's a lot to this story and there's a lot of moving parts. Mm. Um, and if you look into this, the fiction that they wrote was very violent. Like I think one of them wrote a story about, a boy being abused by his teacher. It was very dark. Okay. So after they started writing this really violent fiction, they then started to turn to petty crime. So they were kind of found in like breaking into houses. There's a story about them like being attracted to two boys that they went to school with and they just turned up at their house one day. The parents came home and found them there in the boys' clothes, eating the oh. food from the kitchen. And I think they almost got away with it because the parents like knew that they couldn't speak and maybe thought they had like additional learning needs and they kind of got away with it. But this progressively got worse and worse until in 1982 they were charged with 16 counts of burglary okay. and sent to Broadmoor. So Broadmoor, for anyone that doesn't know, is where like Ronnie Cray went, the Yorkshire Ripper Mm -hmm. and my favourite Charles Bronson. Okay. A story for another day. So So, as soon as they were sent to Broadmoor, they were put in separate rooms Mm -hmm. and they were often found sitting in their separate rooms in the exact same poses. For the exact same amount of time. Um, they were known to take turns eating. So one wouldn't eat for like a few days and the other one would like gorge on both their food. Um and often they would be like kind of like doing things at the same time, but obviously they had no way of contacting each other. So there was always this feeling from the staff that they were somehow connected and knew what the other one was doing. Oh. But that's not to say that they were connected in a good way because there's also reports that they always would end up fighting, scratching each other. Like the fights would get really bad. And there's apparently one of them tried to drown the other one when they were younger. So June tried to drown Jennifer. So they're in Broadmoor and they eventually kind of I don't think that they came out of this catatonic state, but they came out of it enough that they started to go back to journaling. So they had been journaling to begin with, started to write this really violent fiction, and then went back to journaling eventually. And in her journal, I wrote this down word for word, because I thought it was really interesting. In her journal, June had wrote something about Jennifer. So apparently June was the older sister like, yeah. probably only by minutes. Yeah. But she was the older one and she always thought that June was better looking than her. So it was like she was kind of jealous of her. But, she, but June wrote in her journal that she was scared of Jennifer and that she thought her dark sister, my dark sister is robbing my sunlight. There's a oh, lot of like really...
0: just giving me I know.
1: There's a lot of really creepy quotes that she's written about her. Um, but I thought that one, dark sister is robbing my sunlight. I know. So, this obviously like garnered a lot of attention and people were trying to figure them out and work out what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I think staff were really stumped and um, they would have like really violent outbursts and it just was getting out of hand. So, after it started to garner like attention from the press, a journalist came, and I think it's the same journalist that went on to write a book about them, But she came and was having tea with them and Jennifer, one of the twins, told her that she was going to die. Just apparently very matter-of-factly said that I'm going to die soon. And when she was asked why, she said, because we decided.
0: No. No.
1: Very. That's it. It's happening. Like, no emotion. And that was something that Every interview that I've seen has said, like even from when they were children, there was no emotion. It was like they were kind of deadpan, nothing mm. behind the eyes. So, um, yeah, because we decided, and then kind of went on to say that one of them had to die for the other one to need to lead a normal life.
0: Jesus, seriously.
1: So they had been campaigning for a long time because obviously Broadmoor was really, really strict, mm. and by all accounts absolutely fucking terrifying yeah and they had been asking to be moved to like a more open clinic because i think Mm. they probably had like a pattern of a bit better behavior and in 1993 they were transferred to a more open clinic which is what they wanted and they were really happy about that but on arrival to the clinic um when they were in the ambulance i guess Mm -hmm. or whatever was taking them um jennifer started to look really ill and she was rushed to hospital And pronounced dead (gasps) just after arrival. No. Pronounced dead. What the fuck? The cause of death was myocarditis. And actually, I didn't even have to look this up because funnily enough, I know about this. So myocarditis is inflammation of the wall of the heart muscle. And it's one of those things that seems to be put down when there's no other explanation. Right. Um. there was no cause ever found and she was only 29 years old Jesus so there was a lot of kind of controversy around that and I think there was like an ongoing inquest mm. because myocarditis really it doesn't really mean that much because yes it means that the wall of the heart muscle was inflamed mm. but why or was why? it inflamed yeah. and why did it happen yeah. and there was no cause ever found and she was only 29 Jeez. so maybe if someone was I don't know like ...older or overweight and Mm. there was pressure on the heart... ...you would maybe kind of understand... ...but they were both in relatively good health. Mm. Um, June was said to be grief-stricken... ...but also very relieved... ...straight away... ...and that she felt that she could now go on to live a normal life. What
0: the fuck?
1: And she did. She's still alive today. She... ...started speaking normally... Please and welcome
0: our special guest. <laughs> <laughs> welcome June to the podcast.
1: And the last creepy thing I wrote down, um, she wrote a poem about her sister and it was etched. I,
0: I don't want to hear that.
1: <laughs> well, put your headphones in because you hear it. It was etched on Jennifer's headstone. <sighs> we once were two, we two made one. We no more two, through life be one. Rest in peace. I wish this was a filmed podcast so that people could see your face.
0: I know, but what the
1: fuck? It's a funny one because there's no real explanation still um, and June has led a normal life. I think she lives I can't remember where I, I looked up where she lived but she's living a normal life and minding her own business and apparently she never like suffered any trauma after that. And she went on to re- live, like, a relatively normal life.
0: Oh. Wow. Well,
1: I know. It's just...
0: It's, I just find twins so interesting, though, because they're so... Like, you, you do hear about... Maybe not stories as, like, dark as that, but, like, the connection that they have is quite yeah interesting.
1: The funny thing about that one as well is that people always really seem to try and make it into something. I've got another creepy twin story that I can tell you in another okay. episode. But this one, people really try and ham it up mm. and call it, like, the terrifying case of the silent twins. Mm. To me, there are definitely parts of it that are creepy, yeah. but I think it's more because twins do have this creepy connection that no one else will understand. To me, a lot of it is, like, really sad, and mm. I think the start of it... I'm to my notes. Yeah. The start of it is due to the trauma and racism that they mm. experienced, and then yeah. it almost just unfolds from there. And they obviously had dark personalities. Like if you look up the fiction that they started to write, it is very, very dark and not from the mind of someone who's um dealing with their shit. Yeah. But the way it unfolds and the way that you never will know no one will ever know what happened.
0: I know, I think that's the thing that makes it the most mysterious, is like there's not really any sort of explanation there probably never will be.
1: there were a few things that I read that said that the myocarditis that Jennifer died of could be caused by the medication that she would have probably been prescribed for schizophrenia but I mean that was in 1993 so at this point no one's going to come forward and say that's true or not and it's almost like a closed case and that's it wow And that is the story of the Silent Twins. And also, the story of the Silent Twins um, was the inspiration behind the Manic Street Preacher song Tsunami. Oh. Which I had actually never heard. I listened to it yesterday. Um, But give it a listen because it was the inspiration of that Mm. song.
0: Be some bedtime listening for me tonight. Sleep well. (laughs) In silence.
1: You and I. I bet you everyone listening to this podcast watches we with the silent one, so we would stop talking
0: <laughs> what? for a <sure> while. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about something that I've recently kind of learned a little bit more about, um, which is your Saturn return. Um, so a Saturn return it, it usually happens around the age of like twenty seven to thirty. Um, and it's when the planet Saturn returns back to the astrological sign that it was in at the time you were born.
1: So and how would you find that out?
0: It's in your birth chart. Okay. Uh, um, there's some, I think it's astrocharts.com, you can find um, a really useful chart that you can basically put in like any date and like backtrack to when the planets were, what position the planets were in. Lovely. Um, So really interesting. Um, And it's really weird because it's something that I've had, like when I actually looked into it and looked at the dates, I got goosebumps because- Shit got real? Shit got real at that time. Um, so it's like Saturn is a planet of like stability and structure. Um, it's the ruling planet of Capricorn, which makes sense. so it kind of, if things aren't going right, your Saturn return is like a reminder to like, kind of check in and maybe reassess. Okay. Um, it sort of, a lot of people, some people might not even experience anything. Things might be going just perfectly. It's also like a kind of the coming of age almost. Mm-hmm. So like, especially when you're like reaching like into your thirties, um, as I am. I but, have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> I'm <your fault. laughs> I mean, you wouldn't know what to look at as, but, um, it's like a kind of shift in your ways of thinking. Like, if things aren't right in your life, okay. Saturn's going to tell you, honey. Okay. Um,
1: she's a Scorpio. It, she's brutal.
0: Well, she's a Capricorn, really. Okay. Um, but yeah, I sort of unknowingly had my Saturn return um, just over a year ago. So,
1: Oh, honey, spell the tea. Yeah.
0: So, like, January... 2019 it really hit home. Um, I had a little little bit of a mental breakdown. Um a little MB. Little M MB, we'll call it MB. Um and it really like that was a very dark time and very hard for me mm-hmm. to sort of even realise what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in London. I'd been in London for six and a half years.
1: I feel upset because I'm so oh. brave to talk about this.
0: It's not. Like, I think months ago, like probably about six or seven months ago, I'd have been like, oh shit, I don't want to talk about this. But I think it's really important to so yeah. kind of um, that But yeah, I was living in London, had been for a long time. Burning the candle at both ends was... Don't
1: we know what, Henny?
0: The, probably the definition of a hedonist, <gasps> let's say. But also, a little bit of a workaholic, okay. So, yeah, um,
1: there was no yoga in those days, there
0: was definitely no yoga in those days. Oh, um, but I basically had a little MB, as we call it, Um. had to take three months off from my work. I came back to Scotland, started on antidepressants, um, and just really had to take. A Stock. Break. Yeah. Um but I just wanted to talk about it and like suggest things that really helped me if anyone is in a similar position because it's not a very nice place to be in, obviously. No. Um and I think there's obviously a lot of people talking about it, but I don't think people are quite as frank as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, if it helps anyone then that's great. Um so in my lovely time off, and I I feel like such fucking like privileged little like white male, even though I'm gay, um <laughs> like saying this, but like I know a lot of like my work were fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. and like they gave me as much time as I needed to take off, and yeah. like it was paid, so like I could do that, and wow. that's really rare.
1: And it's really important to talk about that actually, because uh-huh. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. you're right, um being able to take that time as is- Mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be a privilege but it, yeah. uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. it is a privilege
0: no it is and like I'm so lucky that I've got a really supportive family and like friends as well that were just like there for me Like, coincidental
1: well, that around the time everyone started to get better is when you and I became dear friends
0: but... that's true yeah oh, you God. know
1: me Jeb and I make everything about myself carry mm-hmm. on
0: anyway um, but I think like speaking about it makes such a difference mm-hmm. like it does help you to actually process the feelings that you're feeling because I would never have thought. I've always been a very deep person and very like emotional and felt a lot of feelings. But it was almost like I didn't. I couldn't even define what I was feeling mm. because it was so extreme. And um,
1: it truly, like cliches are cliches for a reason, and that saying of a problem shared is a problem halved does not always apply, mm-hmm. but sometimes just getting something off your chest. Totally. Even if someone doesn't understand, just to hear you out.
0: If, if you air it out, it honestly as like a weight is gone. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the thing for me, like talking about it, is so cathartic because see the amount of people that are like, oh my God, I've gone through a similar thing are like, let me put you in touch with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like, so fleeing. Like the number of people that are suffering that you don't know about is unreal like
1: because people just suffer in silence
0: genuinely like it's bizarre and I think that's why since I went through that period of my life I've really like checked in with people that I know that have been in a similar situation Mm -hmm. or just been really open and honest about it because you never know like for example like someone that you work with they might never go through something like that but if they do they know that they can come and talk to you
1: exactly because you've gone
0: through a similar thing Really good point. It's so important, Um, but yeah, like in my time off, like I, I think the one thing that like there's a a number of factors, but one of the major things for me that really helped social media get it to fuck
1: get it in the bin.
0: Genuinely, deleting my Facebook, deleting my Instagram. Wow. For. gosh I forgot about that. Three months, I was just off the radar and. It's, this is how much I fucking freak am I deleted Facebook and then I started to have how fucking cliche started to have a panic attack that I didn't have Facebook I had really severe anxiety for like three days because I was worried that I was going to miss someone's birthday so I downloaded it again wrote down everyone's birthdays that I wanted to wish them a birthday happy birthday do you remember? Um, mm. it was before that yours okay. was after Um. And uh, I was, yeah, and then I deleted it again. How sad is that? But
1: I don't know if I'm surprised, though, but I think that's just because you're a caring person, whereas mm. I don't know if I've ever wished someone a happy birthday on Facebook. Yeah. But I expect mm. them all to wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> that's an analysing for Sorry, another day. master. <laughs> that's for another da- day, darling. Right, um, okay.
0: But honestly, like, and then when I finally did get back onto the, the socials, shall mm. we say, um... A fucking detox like not a detox a cull of like because i was following so many accounts that were like really attractive men or like these like big muscle like gay god icons and you felt like, like that played in it oh my god totally uh like See, i find into that, that in a minute, but... really
1: interesting because people talk about this i think it's a really important conversation to have and I feel really lucky that that's not the relationship I have with social media. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't follow people who make me feel bad, but I'm really lucky that it's not in my personality Mm -hmm. to, like, compare myself to anyone else, and I recognise how rare that is. But for me, that makes me really naive to the bad side of social media because Mm -hmm. I'm not, Mm -hmm. like, famous. I don't have people giving Uh, me hate, and I only follow, like... Accounts that make me really happy, so I don't. Yeah, I'm really naive to that. So it's it's so refreshing,
0: here. like see doing something like that and literally just like taking stock and being like, no, it honestly like it makes such a difference. Like, really? and it's just so nice, like because obviously people spend you can spend like aimless hours mm. scrolling through. I know, I mean maybe they odd like hot celebrity, um but that's purely for viewing pleasure, not comparison. Um, And I think it makes such a difference to just, like, have accounts that make you feel good Mm. about yourself or, like, are supportive, like, and obviously your friends as well, like, friends and family. And to
1: understand that those people's lives are not like that. Like, uh, that's probably the one thing that I do, I do do, mm. is that I think, oh, that person's went away again or, like, uh, oh, that person is here. Like, People probably look at my Instagram and think mm. that because all I post is me being a bad bitch, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a bad bitch. But it doesn't mean that sometimes I'm not like a sand bitch. In you know leggings that have got paint all over them, cleaning my kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to post that on Instagram. Yeah, and that's what people forget is that even these people who look like they've got perfect lives or perfect bodies, like those people don't look like that. Yeah. and they, their lives are not like that and it's not to put them down because we're all only going to post the positive stuff mm-hmm. but that's where it gets really dark for people when they start to be right
0: and it's like I know a lot of people that are still in like quite d- difficult places like with their mental health that f- like still follow like kind of accounts that could be quite harmful to them mm-hmm. and I'm like god this you really do need to kind of take stock on like what is good and what's bad for and you. And that
1: becomes a bit of like masochism where you know it's mm. bad for you but you're looking at it to make yourself... Mm. Like self-sabotage.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Oof, we, I could talk about self-sabotage. That's for another podcast. Mm. But that is self-sabotage. If you know that you're going to log on Instagram and see something that's going to make you not feel good about yourself or feel like you're not good enough or you're not worthy then bin it.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Get in the bin.
1: Get in it. Can you so see can, a bin? Can you see a bin? Get, Get in it.
0: Um, another thing that I found like amazing like amazingly helpful was reading um, I know you were going
1: to talk about this and you know I'm a bookworm no
0: I know and I when I was younger I was an absolute dweeb like, Matilda su- I, I thought I was Matilda oh, so did that. I No, there was so many occasions you know when she was like moving the beans is it beans or cereal how many times mm. did you try that S-
1: yesterday today <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's at it at dinner tonight um,
1: I love that. Do you remember that video come out where the guys pointing yeah. in the room because <laughs> his friends are remembering it? We'll be it later.
0: What's we'll it? Um, but like, I've got a list of um, some amazing books as well. But um, wow, like I'm absolutely in love with Matt Haig. Oh, think, yeah, like that man, a
1: sweet baby, unreal angel. Uh, if
0: you if, if you ever need the one Instagram Instagram account in your life to follow, in fact, to is Matt Haig and I Way, um, which is run by, well, I okay, think kind of funded by Jamila Jamil. Okay. Um, and it's amazing. Oh, not, I Way, yeah,
1: sorry, I uh, thought you
0: said I O A. Um, but Matt Haig, Reasons to Stay Alive, I read it in one day.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And I just blitzed it and I was like, this is like, it sounds so cliche, but it did kind of save my life in a way. Um,
1: I think I, th- I don't think you're alone in feeling like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel no, that way about that book. Unbelievable.
0: unbelievable. Um, and also Notes on a Nervous Planet, which he's mm-hmm. written as well. I've got a copy, you can have it. Okay. Um, is incredible. Um, another one is Bella Mackey, um, who is... Um, she's a, she was a journalist before, but she's now married to Greg James. Um, and she's got the most beautiful Instagram and the most beautiful dog. Um, but her book Jog On um, all about how she went through a massive like failed marriage and like divorce and like she'd suffered from like depression and anxiety when she was much younger and it oh. all sort of flared up and how running kind of saved her life um, and it's I started running um, your girl's got a list to bit. read this week yeah um, and we'll
1: put I'll list all these on Instagram
0: yes I uh, um, Another one is Sarah Wilson's um it's such a beautiful title of the book. Um First We Make the Beast Beautiful. Um, mm. and that's just really nice and like frank and quite I don't know, it's, it's almost kind of poetic. Lovely. Um it's really lovely. And then another one for all my fellow LGBTQ plus community. Um it's mainly geared at gays, but um is Matthew Todd, who I can't remember what I think it was. Attitude magazine. He was a former editor of. Okay. Um. And the, yeah, his name is Matthew Todd in the book's "Straightjacket." Okay. Um, overcoming society's legacy of gay shame. Oh. And I have never cried so much reading a book because oh, I genuinely. Got yeah, I've got one at home. It. Um, it's incredible, and like anyone who like, identifies as being gay or bi, trans, like, Mm non-binary, everything that's not under the sort of cis, straight Mm -hmm. bracket, reads it because it explains so much. It explains a lot about, like, addiction. Like, obviously, there's a main thing, the main sort of theme is gay shame and how, like, we're just sort of, like, intrinsically... Fighting an internal battle um, against society and the way it's been fucking set up, it, it makes you. Really, makes it made you me so angry, but it also was really like, I was like, this has helped me so much, and it, it's incredible, like wow. incredible book. Um, like I'll always have it. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, some books. Um, what else? Yoga. And As,
1: just before we move away from yeah. books, like I need to read those books, but I feel like. Oh, God, I'm going to sound such a wank, but there's something so pure about reading a book and getting lost in that mm. world. And even if it's a distraction from your own shit that's going mm-hmm. on, it's so... you. I don't think you find yourself comparing yourself to people in a book. No. Like, even if it's fiction, mm-hmm. it's just such a great escape. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's,
0: I think it's so it's nice stadium, that you brought that up. Like, honestly. But, um, like, all these books are obviously non-fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, like
1: self-help, Self-help.
0: Yeah, almost. But they're, like, they're not all, like, gloom and doom. It's like, I, like, especially Bella Mackey's on, was pissing myself uh-huh. part of it. Like, um, it's just, they're just really helpful things. So please, if you're ever feeling like that, then have a reread. Have a read. Um, I think. Oh my God, another one that I should have. Oh, well, you up. said
1: yoga. But well, well yeah,
0: it. yoga, but another one which kind of falls into the social media thing. Um, when I was going through that, I said gone through quite bad breakup and blah blah blah. But I was single, so I had date naps. Fucking delete them. Yeah. Because there's nothing more.
1: Oh, I second, third, and fourth that do not distract yourself oh. with. Trash,
0: Like, genuinely... I mean, guilty of it as well. I was like, oh, like, if I meet someone nice, then it's going to make done things it. better. But...
1: But you're not in the right headspace no. to meet someone that... You don't know what you want when you feel like that, and you're not in the right headspace to pick the right person.
0: In the words of Paul Charles, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell you are you going to love, love somebody? somebody else? But... Can,
1: yeah. Can I get a gay man up in?
0: Can you? I get a gay man <laughs> Yes, please, <but> Penny. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah and I think like of yoga Mm -hmm. was incredible Um, I mean I started my yoga journey like at the end of my quite dark tunnel Mm -hmm. I would say Um, but I
1: don't think I even realised that you had um, struggled with comparing yourself so what what we uh, talked about on a previous episode of yoga being a great form of exercise and like worshipping your body mm -hmm. in terms of yoga never makes you feel guilty about the body you have or makes you, like, other exercises all about the body you can get. Is that what you've written? see what
0: I've got written, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: carry but on,
0: sorry. Saying, sorry. Um, I was just like, the focus and intention and thanks you give to yourself and your body is so important and mm. uplifting and, and, like, yeah, it's kind of paramount. Like, you don't realise how satisfying it can be mm. to even just fucking breathe properly and, like... yeah get away from it.
1: And to, there is such a integral message in yoga about gratitude and mm. looking after yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, like we all know that looking after ourselves, like I love going to the gym but it's for a very different reason mm. than going to yoga. Yoga is about appreciating the body that you have and what it does for you mm. and t- looking after it but in a really nourishing way. Not Now look after yourself and like mm. go for a jog every day like, for two hours every morning. Yeah. It's so pure.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. But, like, there is a big bit, I know I keep banging on about bit, Bella Mackey, mm-hmm. um, but in her book, um, she kind of breaks down, like, the science of, like, behind, like, movement. Yeah. And how fucking, like, I've never been an active person. I wouldn't say I am an active person anyway, but doing any sort of slight form of exercise even if it's going for a walk like
1: creates endorphins oh my god uh uh-huh and in the words of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde happy people don't kill people
0: exactly and especially not yourself I'm going to end wow on a lovely little quote from Matt Haig my sweet baby angel give it to Um, us I don't know I can't remember if this is in the book but it's on his Instagram Um. I just really like it. So, you're not weak for being mentally ill. You're strong for being here. You're not attention-seeking for talking about it. You're helping others feel less alone. You're not jumping on the bandwagon. You're breaking the silence. Oh. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. You're a sweet baby <laughs> angel for
1: sharing that with us. And I think that's the thing. If it helps one person, then it's worth it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Thank you.
0: Okay, so I think now we're gonna do our hits and pets.
1: Now I'm gonna spiral out of control to find out when my Saturn return is coming, mm. and
0: it's soon, but it's, it doesn't mean a bad thing. It's it, like honestly, God, I just barked.
1: <laughs> and that is the tea of the podcast. Uh, we actually were just talking about how we need to talk at length about books and uh, at length about self sabotage, actually, mm-hmm. on another episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll end by talking a little bit about the hits and pits of the week, the rose and the thorn of the week. Yes. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have anything terribly bad to talk about, but I will just tell you that I went to a terrible yoga class. Très, très terrible. Oh,
0: shit. When? On Monday When's night. It Monday? At the gym. Right.
1: So shout out to the yoga teacher if he's listening. Uh, but it was trash. Wow. The reason I hated it... If you'll allow me to list the reasons.
0: Um No. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> thanks for listening. For you. Um, so at the studio that we go to, and I think most studios vinyasa yoga is in levels so vinyasa one vinyasa two Mm -hmm. sometimes three i i don't know if anyone has been to gym yoga it's generally not categorized by vinyasa or hatha or restorative Mm. it's just yoga so you go and it's the pick of the day and i've been to yoga classes at the gym where the instructor will say what do you fancy doing and all the gym bunnies that have just came from legs, bums and tums. Sorry to stereotype. All shout core. And you end up in boat pose for half an hour. And your gal has got no core strength. So she's on the struggle bus. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You've seen me. I really struggle with boat pose. I balls. don't know why I
0: find the struggle bus so funny. I just have
1: had it gone... <laughs> Honk if you're struggling.
0: Honk <laughs>
1: So... Anyway, yeah, so yoga can be touch and go at the gym. Maybe not your gym, and if so, hit a gal up and tell her where it is. But yeah, mine is, you know, not great. But the classes included my membership, and I always think I'll give it a go. And I actually love one of the instructors. But I went to this one on Monday night and it was busy, like a really busy class. These the people that go to these classes are at my gym are generally not people who do yoga. They just do yoga at the gym, maybe mm-hmm. now and again. So they're not familiar with the poses. There's no adjustment. No one's shown them how to do it right. So they're all, all over the place.
0: Which is actually quite dangerous as well. So like, dangerous. Sorry I totally butt in, but when I went to my There's yoga button. for beginners class, mm-hmm. um, like the instructor basically said that when he did his first yoga class, he seriously injured himself because he wasn't like stretching properly and I don't think he could walk for like he he really hurt his leg I'm sure it was and that's really so he's like this is why I'm so passionate about like getting it right and making sure people aren't going to injure themselves it's not being like you're doing this wrong Mm -hmm. it's like I don't want you to hurt yourself
1: exactly and to brief that Daniel had came to a few yoga classes with me at a studio mm. and probably could have got away with not going to this yoga for beginners day that they had, but you wanted to go and I recommended it mm. to you and you were totally up for it because you wanted to focus on making sure you were getting all the poses right. And it was poses that you already knew because you'd done a few classes, but like you said, making sure that you're getting your form right is really important. Mm. And that's why a
0: perfectionist.
1: I still go to yoga classes that don't push me as much. And when I'm in them, I make it's an opportunity for me to really focus on form and making sure that I'm doing things right. Because mm. we all can always improve. Yeah. But if no one's showing you the way, then these people are yeah just going to be doing the wrong thing. So there was no adjustment. There was no flow from one pose to another. And there was 187,000 child's poses. Right. Let me give you an example. Go into tabletop. Reach one leg out. Child's pose. Come back up into tabletop. Reach the other leg. Child's pose. Breathe. Child's pose. Like, I don't need a child's pose. One I'm not...
0: Child's pose.
1: I've just, like, w- lift one finger up. Child's pose. I'm not tired. I don't need child's pose. Like, I... There's sometimes I'm... I would give a for a child's pose, but I don't... We done one downward dog and it was about 45 minutes into the class. So, anyway. I'm just being a bitch, mostly. But well wow, when it comes to no adjustments that really really annoys me because it's so dangerous and mm. I just think you wouldn't get someone if you were lifting weights in the gym and you had a PT they would tell you to make exactly. sure you're doing it the right way and it's the same with yoga like you're going to hurt yourself so basically that, that's it
0: I went so that to, was your pet
1: my pet was going to a really bad yoga class and Pamp. I'm never getting that time back Would you like to tell me your pet? Do you have one? I don't actually think I
0: do. Like there was, I did kind of. I don't really want to say it because I don't really know the facts properly. But (laughs) no, it's not funny. It's really sad. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, but um, I think it was Holocaust Remembrance Day. Okay. I think it was. I can't remember what day it was. Um, I don't even know what day it is today. (laughs) Um, but obviously that was horrific. Mm-hmm. Like truly, like horrendous. But um, I know that obviously, um, there was a lot of like homosexuals and um transgender and probably people people that would identify as like non-binary mm-hmm. um and then under the LGBTQI plus umbrella mm-hmm. um were also um like brought into the the work in concentration camps mm-hmm. um, but I read the thing about because I think in a lot of countries especially in like Eastern Europe where they were at that time homosexuality I think even in the UK actually was still illegal mm-hmm. so when these people were sort of like saved and maybe like brought out of these concentration camps um, anyone with a pink triangle so that was um how they were like identified so the yeah. pink triangle was above their heart so, they were pulled out the concentration camps and put straight back in like put straight in the prison and I just thought that was how horrific yeah one ordeal
1: to or another it's so sad I saw that but as soon as you said with the pink triangle I remember seeing that yeah
0: and this is funny because we were actually talking about tattoos before um this but I've always said if I was ever going to get one tattoo I would get a pink triangle Oh yeah I'm too scared.
1: <laughs> well, we could be here all day because i talk yeah. about that scared to cat. Oh, no. Um, it'll be fine. You'll forget about it as soon as it happened. You'll be dying for another one because you're a little maskist.
0: Anyway,
1: uh, peak of the week. Peak of the peak of week. You're peak peak of of the week.
0: Matt, right? You're gonna absolutely die when I say that, That's right? So, Matt, well, one is. Well, I'll tell you my funny one first, right? Get I've got to two. I've got two. Sorry, I ramble. Um. So my, like, hit of the week, sorry, not peak, was um, finding out that Lana Del Rey's Grammy dress she bought at the mall.
1: Oh, I saw that. Hashtag relatable. Oh. With her, I sent Daniel a thing once where um, some press outlet um who speak Arabic had posted about Lana Del Rey and her new boyfriend and it translated to... Lana Del Rey and her diabetic father instead of sugar daddy. <laughs> and now we always laugh about diabetic fathers. But also,
0: I don't really think Lana Del Rey needs a sugar daddy. No, so she certainly um, doesn't.
1: And he's... No. surely not as rich as her.
0: No. Anyway,
1: be. not the point. He's a diabetic no. father, all the same. Yeah, so, so...
0: No, that is our saying.
1: She bought her um, dress at the mall.
0: I love that. But, um A queen.
1: We, we have no choice but to stand.
0: We, we stand a queen. Um but my, like, personal hit of the week was um, yoga. that yes. class, And I said to Jennifer, we went together and I said to Jennifer, I was like, I've never felt so good after a yoga class and I felt like a fucking powerful bitch mm-hmm. and I just felt great. It was like a revelation. I felt quite emotional. Yeah, you I that. I think because I'd also kind of realised that was the day of, like, the year anniversary of my... M- MB mm-hmm. as we're calling it and um, I don't know it all just kind of resonates and I was like oh my god your enlightenment you look let's at refer
1: to it as your enlightenment my
0: enlightenment and like my light is shining bright like a diamond that was
1: gorgeous thank you um, yeah I'm really happy about that for you and I'm so I feel so like warm in my heart that you had that experience
0: thanks it was the best show class I've ever been to.
1: and I think it, I think you're starting to realise how much you love it and how mm. you're good at it. Yeah. And it's not even about being good at it, no. but you and I are perfectionists and love to be good at things. And the fact that you're progressing so much is obviously a great addition. It's
0: a wee cherry on top of quite a tasty cake.
1: Quite a organic, happy cake. Absolutely. I Probably have no big peak of the week, hit of the week.
0: A fucking boring week for you. (laughs)
1: Quite a boring week. I mean, we are recording this on Wednesday because Mm. His Highness over here is going away for the weekend, so I haven't really had much of a week yet to have a peak.
0: Well, fine.
1: But I'll say this. My skin right now is blessed. Other than one one small... um, pimple that came to humble me today, Um, my skin is quite blessed so I am a skincare addict.
0: Can you please do like a section on skincare? once? A skincare consultation? You need need to do a skincare consultation for me. Mm -hmm. You also said you were going to do a facial for me before the first episode and it never happened so.
1: Well, because we got too drunk. Don't blame me on your alcoholism. Thank you so much, you sweet, sweet baby angels, for listening to our third episode.
0: Yeah. It feels like we've been doing it for a long time.
1: We love it. And even though no one's listening, we pledged that even if no one was listening, we said we have to do like at least 10. uh uh-huh. um, But we really are enjoying it, and we hope that mm. you are too. And we were just saying that we actually feel... That we barely had to edit this one and we were really on the ball but it's because it's the first time that we've not drank while we recorded yeah.
0: um, it's funny how sobriety can make such a difference to the gym but, um. well it's the last of it so <laughs> see you next week for a drunk
1: podcast
0: <laughs> um, but yeah thank you for joining us and follow hit, us on Instagram yeah hit us up on what is it?
1: at the Celestial Collective cast yes and that's probably the only place we will post and let us know where you're listening to this from I know
0: please interact with us because
1: no know. <laughs> we're doing, we were saying today that we feel like we put all this effort into figuring out what we're going to talk about and then as soon as the podcast is recorded and it goes out we're like right okay on to the next so you probably aren't even hearing about it yeah. so we need to get better at posting um, but we love this so if you have any things that you'd like to hear us talk about then get in touch
0: also please don't fact check us if we've said something wrong oh uh, nice and... when i
1: told that mary vincent story last week i really told i love that story and i have told that story a thousand times and i researched it was about 85
0: really? wrong.
1: i mean silly facts like the year and stuff yeah. significantly wrong but not like all those things did happen yeah. um so don't at me bro.
0: I'm not oh goodbye.
1: Thank you. See, See ya! ya.